0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. And give God the greatest hand clap of praise. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praise Him. Praise Him for He is worthy. He is worthy. Come on, I believe that's a little bit half-hearted today. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give Him praise. Hallelujah, we praise you. We invite you in. We invite you in. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. I love songs about Jesus. Amen. I absolutely love lifting up that name. The name above all names. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 19 and verse 2. I uh, have been preaching a series on the Holy Spirit. Do you know him? And we have covered the Holy Spirit represented in the Bible as oil, fire, fire water and wind and today I would like for us to look at the Holy Spirit as the Dove. In preparing these messages something that I have been amazed by is how much all four of these symbols intertwine. Uh, There are attributes of each uh, symbol that intertwine and make this a... I I was telling some folks just before church, I said, God is so smart. It's just amazing when you read and you study and you find that God has put things together. Acts chapter 19 and verse 2. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. After four weeks, you should be able to say, we know that there is a Holy Ghost. And after today, you should be able to say, I know the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, even better. Father, we invite you, we invite you To send the power of the Holy Spirit through this place. Let the fire and the wind and the oil and the water of the Holy Spirit flow through. And now today we're asking that you would send him as the dove. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, The dove is mentioned about 50 times in the Bible, scriptures speak of a loving nature, a, a beautiful plumage, and the swiftness in flight. So, this passage of scripture, or this area that I'm preaching about, uh, would not be new if you are a Bible student, because you understand that God used the the dove throughout the Word. Now, some of the traits of a dove are this, not all but some is peace. When you look at a dove, you don't look, in fact, most folks, if you go to a, a zoo and you see doves, the, the response is something like, oh, isn't that pretty? Isn't that nice? When you go over and look at the buzzard, you go, "Yick! That thing looks nasty." I am sure glad the Holy Spirit was not symbolized as the buzzard. Amen. But the traits of peace, when you see the dove, we, we've been conditioned for it, peace and and gentleness and grace and beauty. And when I look at this picture that we have on the screen here today, I just think how beautiful that, that image is. And the Holy Spirit, God said, I'm going to let this be one of the symbols that people would be able to comprehend the work and the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. There's a lot of people who are afraid of Holy Ghost fire. When they hear Holy Ghost fire, immediately they put up a guard. There are those who would become fearful when they hear the Holy Spirit is symbolized as a rushing mighty wind. And you know, because of tornadoes and hurricanes, we, we have uh, created some kind of mental fear. But God said, for those who would be fearful of that, I just want you to understand that the Holy Spirit comes in as a dove peaceful, gentle, it's beautiful, it's graceful. In all four of the Gospels, Jesus' baptism was, uh, the description of his baptism was given, but I'd like for us to look from Matthew chapter 3. And I, I am going to be referring to the passage there. We see uh, that John was baptizing and, and the Bible says uh, that he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And I'm not John the Baptist, but I am Al Sims, the preacher, and I am saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. It's time. Amen. And and then John had his raiment. It gives a description of him. I, I have. I, I know most people back in Bible times did not dress the way John dressed. Now I want you to follow this in verse four. He wore camel's hair and a leather uh, belt around his waist, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Now, I just want to tell you, if I, if I said, we're going to have a revival. We're bringing in a guy, now he dresses kind of crazy. He's going to wear camel skin. And he, you might not want to get too close to him because he's got locust breath. Yet still, people flocked out to see John. John maybe i ought to start wearing camel's hair and uh they came out i've often as a child i read this and i thought man that's weird why would people come out it wasn't the way he was dressed it was his message and the message is still what will draw people so he he was he was out there camel's hair he was out there with uh eating locusts and wild honey. And then there went out to him, in verse 5, Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. And they were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, if you continue reading in chapter 3, you will find out that John was not a uh, real soft preacher. John was telling people to repent, but let me go a step further. He, He is busting their chops and letting them know, you're sinful, you need to get it right. He would not have been politically correct in America. He would not have been, in fact, He probably would not have been a good televangelist. Come on. We're on TV so I can talk about them. Amen. Because he was calling sin, sin. And and he was finally beheaded because he told a king, he said, you shouldn't have married who you married. You, you married your brother's wife and you shouldn't have done it. And so they had him beheaded. So we're not talking about a guy that was just going around real soft spoken. We're talking about a guy that was chucking the corn as some people would say. And then down to verse 11, he begins to declare his mission. And he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, I want you to pay close attention because he was saying there's one coming. His name is Jesus. He's coming. And when he gets here, he's going to do something. He is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Pretty impressive. John is speaking a prophetic word. And then in verse 12, pardon me, in verse 13, Then cometh Jesus unto Galilee, to Jordan, unto John, to be baptized of him. Now, Jackie and I, when we went to the Holy Land, we were able to get baptized in the, Holy, in the Jordan River. I was expecting it to be a much bigger river. There's parts of it very narrow. But it was a very cool experience. She baptized me and I baptized her. She did bring me back up as is evident here. And I'm very thankful of that. It was very moving to the fact that I was baptized in the same river that Jesus was baptized in. So, here he comes and... And in verse 13, Jesus comes to him to be baptized of John. And in verse 14, John says, I have need to be baptized of you. And you're coming to me to be baptized. In other words, John was saying, I'm not worthy. Now, I don't know exactly how John felt, but when Jackie and I were in the Holy Land, I had an opportunity to preach on the Mount of Beatitudes. And and as I was getting ready, they were gathering the little crowd in, I, I started feeling like, who am I to be preaching on the same Mount that Jesus preached on. To the point I almost went to the tour director and said, look, you need to get somebody else because I'm not worthy to do this. Well, you're a preacher of the gospel. Yes, I know. But I was on the same mountain that Jesus delivered the Beatitudes and I just didn't feel. And I somehow believed that John was feeling something like that. I'm your forerunner and I'm declaring that you're coming. But I need what you have and you're here coming asking what I have. And Jesus said, suffer it to be so now. Let it happen. I want you to baptize me. And then he says, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him, or he baptized him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And here's a beautiful picture that depicts that. And lo, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, And lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There's a beautiful picture there of Jesus being baptized. Now listen, there are folks who don't believe in the Trinity. But right there, the Trinity was shown and all three were involved. Jesus was baptized when he came up out of the water. The Spirit descended upon him like the dove. And then a voice spoke from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We're Trinitarian because we believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are three in one, and I am so happy today that Jesus' baptism, the Father and the Spirit rejoiced with him as he was baptized, amen. So we see that there the the dove is upon him and the dove is gentle. You don't think of doves in the same way that you think of a hawk or an eagle or a buzzard. We think of doves as gentle and, and, and you think of comfort when you're talking about a dove. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, when the comforter is come, he shall testify of me. And, and I just wanna say, mamas know how to comfort. Well, it's just a, a, amazing. I, in fact, I, I will tell you uh, Sims around Christmas time, he had a little accident and he fell and, and, and he, he fell pretty hard. A tape, a little table he was sitting on gave way and, he, and when he came up, he was dazed. But the number one thing he was trying to do is get the mama. I mean, I had my arms out, he went by me like a lightning bolt. Uh, I mean, he he didn't want his P. Diddy. He wanted his mama because there's something about when mama pulls you in and brings comfort. It's amazing, you can have a bruise or as we call it when we're children, a boo-boo and mama can put her lips and kiss you she don't even have to kiss you on your bruise. She can kiss you on your forehead and you get feeling good all over. It's called comfort. And I'm here today to tell you that mamas are great at that and we applaud mamas for that. But there is one who is even better than mamas at that and his name is the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. See, uh, it goes on in John chapter 16 and verse 13. It says, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. If we ever need the Holy Spirit for anything, we need the Holy Spirit to guide us in the truth. Who is telling the truth in our world today? We hear of fake news. And I, I will be perfectly honest with you. I'm not gonna even call out all the networks, but I I, I will just say, during the presidential uh, campaigns and debates, I would switch from network to network. And it was amazing, I got different stories on every network. Who do you believe? And then in preaching If you don't like what I preach, if I step on your toes instead of you getting things right, you just go find a preacher who won't step on your toes. There's someone out there. There's someone out there that'll tell you anything you want to hear. And especially if you are a large contributor, you can do virtually anything you want to and still be called a Christian in our society today, amen? We, we've lost the, uh, the, the, the uh, direction of truth. Why? Is because we're not involving the Holy Spirit in our truth uh, finding. Now, l- let me explain. I, I, I'm not in the business of attacking people. But I will say that there's a, there's a doctrine out there that they, they have millions of people that follow this. They believe... This way, if, if you, well, stand up, Josh. If Josh is a good follower of their belief, and if, if Josh will do everything that they tell him to do, then when he dies, he will become a Jesus. And, and then he will be taken to a planet, and his job will be to repopulate that planet okay now here's his wife stand up Kristen if she's a part of that same group and she follows all the dogma that they tell her then when she dies her job is she might not even get it his planet she'll just get assigned to a planet And then her job for eternity will be to be pregnant and bring forth children and help repopulate a planet. Now that sounds like heaven to me. How about it to you women? Thank y'all. That doctrine is out there and millions of people are following that. There's another doctrine out there where people are believing this. They believe that only a certain portion are going to be able to get to heaven. Everyone else will stay here. And then if we don't do things exactly right, we'll be annihilated and then we're completely gone. It's done. And I could go on and on because there's others. Here's, here's one of the craziest ones. There's one, this is a worldwide doctrine. Doctrine that you and I are not here. The chairs are not here. The pulpit isn't here. The choir isn't here. The building isn't here. The only thing that is here is your brain. Your brain is imagining everything. How many of you right now are imagining that you're sitting down? Pretty cool. How many of you are imagining that I am wearing a gray suit? All right. However, the doctrine goes on that none of this is here, only our brains, but everything we walk on is God. Okay, if it's not here, how am I walking on it? But anyway, that's for them to figure out. However... That is a worldwide religion. And people are following it because they're not following the truth. And the Holy Spirit comes as a dove and he says, I want to guide you into all truth. How do you know if I'm preaching right? I will tell you how. Number one, you should have your Bible with you. Number two, there is something that happens when false doctrine hits a true believer. It's something that happens inside and you go, eh, eh, I don't feel right. You know what I'm talking about. It's that, it's that Holy Spirit that is saying, don't digest that. Don't receive that into your spirit now there's a lot of people who will push the holy spirit away and say oh but thousands of people are believing that so they must be right and and the bible must not be right the bible it's a good book and it has some good stories in it but i am going to follow the crowd. You follow the crowd and I will tell you where the crowd, the Bible says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Amen? Someone help me here. So the scripture goes on and it says that when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. We need doctrinal truth in our day. We need, doctr- we need guidance through the storms of our lives. If you're going through a storm, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you through it. Now, I just want to tell you, not long ago, Jackie and I went to a funeral in South Georgia. And we had gotten all the way from Sumter to South Georgia. That's a long trip. We were within a half a mile of the church we were trying to find. And we rode in circles because the navigation would say, turn here. So we'd turn. Turn around. So we'd turn around. (laughs) We just came from here. What am I telling you? Uh, The navigation is like what a lot of people spiritually go through. They're listening to the world. They're listening to... Uh, opinion instead of listening to the word of God and when the Holy Spirit is trying to guide you, when the Holy Spirit is trying to give you direction you're so busy, we are so busy trying to do it our way like Burger King come on, that the Holy Spirit can't keep us from making mistakes because we're so dead set on doing it our way but he said I will guide you into all truth. I, man, I, I, this sitting in my notes. Someone needs to hear this. If you're in business, you, you need the Holy Spirit to guide you. Someone needs to hear that. When you're making a decision and it looks glittery and it looks nice and the Holy Spirit is checking you and going, ah, 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 don't do it. No matter how much they're offering you, no matter how much they're talking to you, uh-uh, but I, I'm going to believe the Holy Ghost amen my wife is very gifted in discernment and god has used her in that area and and i have learned to listen because the holy spirit is right but listen to me i was pastoring and i was young and and my wife told me you better watch that person they're a snake in the grass now i just want to tell you that made me mad Here's how I am. Everything is beautiful (laughs) in its own way. Everybody's happy. Everyone's going to heaven. Everyone's real. There's no fakes. And that's how I am. And I looked at her and I, I mean I snapped back at her. I said, you don't even know them. And she Snap back. We'll see who's right. You are the Holy Ghost. So I went about my way because I was right. About five years went by, and then explosion. And then the devil worked through that person full force. And I went to my wife and I said, this person is full of the devil. And she in her nice way said, the Holy Ghost was right. And you were wrong. Amen. Now here's the bottom line. We'd be a lot better off if we started listening to the Holy Ghost and quit leaning on our own understanding. Amen? Man, bear with me. The Holy Spirit is swift in flight. He he comes in quickly. A dove is not a slow bird. Now, a duck, how many of you have ever been duck hunting? Okay. Okay. Uh, ducks, they fly somewhere around 47 miles an hour. That's a ballpark, okay? A dove, however, reaches speeds like 78 to 92 miles an hour. And dove hunting is quite a bit different than duck hunting. So, but a dove comes in swift. And if you recall, I preached how the Holy Spirit came in as a rushing mighty wind. Well, here, uh, uh, when Jesus was baptized, the dove swept down upon him. And, and, and so I just want you to understand, when, when you need the Holy Spirit, it, it doesn't take him long to get to you. Maybe you didn't grab what I just said. It might be three o'clock in the morning... And you need the Holy Spirit to come and bring comfort to you. You just got a phone call that broke your heart. You just got a word or either your child come home and they were messed up. And you need somebody real quick. The Holy Spirit comes in like a dove quickly and starts doing his work of comfort and peace and help in the time of need. Now I'm... I'm, the, the Holy Spirit swept in suddenly on the day of Pentecost and, and uh, Brother Howey found this video. I asked him to look up something. He found this and, and, and I just want to show you. It's a depiction of the day of Pentecost and uh, again, you're going to see the upper room. That's an actual uh, video of the upper room. Go ahead and show that if you don't mind. Wake up. All of you. No. Quick! Come! What are we doing? We're praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your kingdom come. Because today our kingdom is red, and we give us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debts, and we have stopped it. to god hallelujah how i wish for a, a sweeping through of the holy spirit he comes suddenly listen I, in closing here today he the the bible says he came in as a rushing mighty wind but the dove is is depicted here today as a swift flying and the bible says in in acts "...that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them." The, the cloven is divided, and, and kind of like the wings. And and so, it, it was as though there was fiery wings upon their head, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Listen what happened. Three thousand people were added to the church that day. 3,000 souls left the kingdom of darkness and entered into the kingdom of light. And I want to end with this and tell you, listen. When the Holy Spirit comes in, in your darkest hour, the Holy Spirit is there. In your roughest storm, the Holy Spirit is there. In your grief, the Holy Spirit is there. In your fiercest battle, the Holy Spirit is there. In your fiery trials, the Holy Spirit is there. Now here's the question. When is the last time that you've invited the Holy Spirit into your home? When is the last time you've invited the Holy Spirit into you? The Bible asks the question Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? When is the last time you've invited the Holy Spirit to come and do what he does so well? When is the last time you've invited the Holy Spirit into your marriage? Into your family? Into your workplace? When's the last time you've invited the Holy Spirit into your argument? Well, preacher, when I'm giving my wife a piece of her mind, a piece of my mind, I, I, I don't feel real spiritual. That's where you better invite the Holy Spirit. Because you'll say things that you can't take back. You'll say things the wrong way and the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit is a peace giver. He is faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap problems with a swift entrance. That's what the Holy Spirit is able to do. And listen, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power, power to overcome your obstacle, power to overcome your problem, power to overcome your fiery trial. Would you stand with me? There is more to this message, but I feel like now is the time to end because when the Holy Spirit wants to do a work, I want him to have free reign to do I do want to conclude by saying the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he brings gifts and he brings fruit. When the Holy Spirit comes, he doesn't come empty handed. He comes in bearing fruit, comes in bearing gifts. Today as I was preparing this message, I felt very compelled in my heart that the Holy Spirit wanted to come in and bring peace and tranquility. Calming of a storm in people's lives. Calm in the midst of the storm. When is the last time that you've really felt peace I'm, I'm taking a minute here. When is the last time that you actually went to sleep and rested? Preacher, if you just knew all that was going on in my life and in my home and in my work and I just can't shut my brain down. Holy Spirit today, would you give someone peace? When's the last time that you and your wife really had a peaceful day? Oh, it's been a long time, preacher. Well, may I ask you, when is the last time you've invited the Holy Spirit into your marriage? My home is in turmoil, preacher. When is the last time, when is the last time that you invited the Holy Spirit to bring peace in your home? God help me right now. I want to speak to every man here. Every man, listen to me. We men, we are fixers. That's in our nature. So we'll fix it. We don't need the Holy Spirit to help us in that, because we can fix it. We don't read instructions, but we can fix it. In the name of Jesus Christ, I want you to put that spirit behind you. And today say, I need God in my home. I need peace. You might be living in euphoria right now. You might be, listen, you might be living in the lap of luxury and life couldn't be better. But Trust me, there's gonna be a day that the devil's gonna come and try to bring turmoil into your home. And into your life, you're gonna need the Holy Spirit. You're gonna need Him to come in and bring peace. I feel compelled to stop this very moment. I was getting ready to call my altar workers, but what I'm gonna ask, I, I want every person. Every person, wants you to come and crowd this altar. Come on, would you come very quickly? Preacher, I'm new here. I'm new here, I'm not real comfortable with all that. Would you please, would you just, this morning, would you do it for me? I'm nothing special, but I'm just asking you, would you do it? Crowd in, crowd in. Come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. Come on, come quickly. The caregiver, the peace giver, the gentle dove, hallelujah, hallelujah, has come into the building. Oh God. Some of you have gotten bad news from your physicians. You've been living in the turmoil of fear. Your mind has raced. What if, what if, what if? Your mind is raised that you've heard what has happened to other people that had the same thing that you've been diagnosed with and oh no. What if? I believe the healer is in the house. We've sung about Jesus. And I believe the peace giver is here, the Holy Spirit. And he can give you peace and let you know that things are going to be all right. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at bethesdacog.org. God bless.